Hello to all you doinks out there and welcome back to another week of Doinked where Josh and I are going to be going over the NFL recap of week four and giving our predictions as well as Angela's and Michaela's predictions for the NFL week five. Yes, and it is going to be a little bit different of an episode tonight. Uh, David and I are actually recording remote tonight. Um, he had a situation come up. I'm not going to spill, spill his uh, personal life out there, but we are recording remote tonight. Uh, we will be back to live next week, and we may or may not have a special guest next week. I'm still trying to iron things out, but well, we, we will see. We have the setup, so all we, we need have it is set a, up. We need we, the ass just, in the seat is all we need. Exactly. But we are going to start with Thursday night. Well, first off, we're going to start with our record after three weeks. Now, yes. last week was tight. I had a one-game lead. Uh, 20, I was 28-20, and 20 and Dave was 27-21. and 21 leading into week four, but we are going to get right into the week four breakdown where we have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati on Thursday night. This was a very, very solid and fun football game. Yes, it was. I mean, the fact that Jacksonville really stood in this game the entirety yeah. of this game. They didn't I mean, falter right at all down to game. the final field goal that was kicked to win it for Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Cincinnati picks up the victory, twenty-four to twenty-one. Um, Burrow looked very, very solid in this game. Um, Lawrence looked all right. Um, I mean, he didn't throw for a touchdown in this game, but they did rush for three, um, which which is big. Um, it, it it shows that this Jacksonville offense is there. How there are they? It's yet to be seen. Yeah, I mean. Jacksonville definitely is putting the pieces together. Uh, it's something that they didn't seem to be able to do currently under Urban Meyer, mm-hmm. but things are getting better. Um, it's funny, though. Um, you had put down a stat here that Trevor Lawrence has only ever lost two games when leading by 10 or more points going into the half. Mm-hmm. And, and Joe both Burrow of those losses both times. came to Joe Burrow, yeah, which Unbelievable. Is, is insane. Like, and he is. I think this is, is the, the first time to uh, Trevor Lawrence's Superman. Yeah, I think this is the first time Trevor Lawrence has ever had a losing record as well. Because he yeah. was, yeah. he was like in unstoppable at Clemson, unstoppable. But this ain't Clemson anymore. You're in Jacksonville nope. and you're playing. Yeah, the NFL. you're in Jacksonville where it is a legitimate rebuild. Yeah, it, they're they're. I wouldn't even say they're mid rebuild. They're like starting their rebuild. Yeah, 100%. Moving on to one of the games that leads um, us to our title of the show. It it just drives people, it drives me, like, bonkers. (laughs) The New York Jets defeated the Tennessee Titans in the Meadowlands 27-24 in overtime. The game ended 21-21, and they both put up field goals, and then the Jets kick another field goal and win the game how i don't know zach wilson isn't that good i mean i had him as my offensive rookie of the year don't get me wrong i had all faith in this kid but he's proved himself in the first three games that he is not there yet no and he's being thrown into the fire but the thing is now he has a win the fact that tennessee was perspective one of the top in the South? Well, 
The South sucks. Yeah, because the South is Tennessee, Jacksonville, Jaguars, Houston, Colts, Indy, and, and Houston. Tennessee. Like seriously, there is a there is a there is a seven and ten team coming out of that division. You say the NFC least. Now we can say the AFC South. Yeah. Well, the NFC it is bad. Su- the NFC East kind of sucks too, but that's regardless. Yeah. Um. Well, no, there's a runaway team in that. Division. There's a team that's gonna win that division. But we'll get to right them. now. Yeah. Um. And the team we're going to be getting to now is not that team because the Kansas City Chiefs went to the Lincoln Financial Field and shit all over the Eagles. But I can't say that. Well, I can say it as an Eagles fan that we didn't play perfect, but we're never going to play perfect. No. We played pretty goddamn good, though. Jalen Hurts looks great through the year. Yeah, that's the thing is like Hurts is still learning. It's not. It's not. This like is technically he's his first year as a time. starter. This is his first year as a starter. Yeah, because last year he was under the tutelage of Carson Wentz until Wentz went down or he was benched, and we had hurts until they gave up on Wentz. Yeah, until yeah. they had hurts start a few games, but Mahomes looked stellar. Twenty-four for thirty through the air, five passing touchdowns with one interception, and I hate. That I love this guy so much. But Tyreek Hill, I'm totally fine with him running over Philly because he's on my fantasy team and he put up a lot of points for me. He put up like 40 something points fantasy. this week. That's why I hate fantasy football. Because you root I could never for players playing players against your team. Against my team. I could never do that. I could barely pick players from like teams within my division. Like years when I used to play fantasy football, like it was when Calvin Johnson was at the height of his powers. And I could never pick him, even if he was at the pick. I just feel like I can't take him. I got to take somebody else. Yeah. See, I don't care enough. I have two eagles on my team. <laughs> I have two eagles on my whole team. Um, but Hurts uh, proved that he can perform through the air. Um, we had 387 yards through the air. Uh, we had 103 rushing, which mm-hmm. for a team that's produced LaShawn McCoy and Darren Sproles. Well, they didn't produce Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles was a stud before he ever got there. You got to remember, he had all those good years in New Orleans as well. So um, I'll give you Shady McCoy, but that was also under a very different head coach, very different offensive mindset. That was Chip under Kelly. Uh, Chip Andy Kelly. Reed, right? Oh, Chip Kelly. Yeah, that's that where LaShawn McCoy really like blossomed was under uh, Chip Kelly. Yeah. So... I take nothing away from what this current offensive mindset is, but they're building not around that running game. They're trying to build. No, they're they're building through the air. Yes. Yeah. Their Hertz is is a mobile quarterback that can throw the ball down the field. Yep. And we have that that strong tight end that can catch the ball is Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. And we have a more receiver like wide uh, tight end in Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. And then we're starting to build. Um, the wide receivers with um, Devontae Smith, Ridgeway, um, all those guys. And we also still have that power back in Sanders. Yep. I mean, you're building an offense. It's just going to take time because they're young. Yeah. It, the team Except is still Ertz. very... Ertz has been there for a while. Ertz has been there forever. Ertz probably has a couple more years. Um, and then if he doesn't go to another team, it's probably a couple more years with the birds and he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, who knows? We have Goddard there that can train to be that more uh, 
tight traditional tight end. Yep. Um, up speaking next, we of have a mobile quarterback. Speaking of a mobile quarterback who can throw the ball down the field, Cowboys and Panthers, and I mean Cowboys win this game thirty six to twenty eight. But holy hell, is Dak Prescott back? Dak has a bionic leg now. Something. Because yeah. for a guy who just tore his ACL. MCL. No, destroyed his leg. Everything. Yeah. For him to be moving around like that, it's unheard of. It's unbelievable. <clears throat> like, the Panthers were never in this game. And no, I was listening. behind. And the I, thing is, is what hurts them is when Sam Donald makes mistakes. Like, we hadn't yes. seen Sam Donald make mistakes up until this point. Mm-hmm. So... The fact that Sam Donald made mistakes compounded by the fact that my offensive player of the week, Zeke Elliott, went bananas in this game, mm-hmm. took over this game, just and was... Y- you know who else my defensive player of the week oh, showed the hell Trayvon off is Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, he's my defensive, my defensive player, player of the player. week, too. Yeah, all, all the way. Do you know he has five interceptions this year already through four weeks? Yes. Yeah. The kid is unreal. He keeps finding the ball and making people pay. Like, Dallas is the only team in the NFL to force two or more turnovers every game so far this season. Yeah. And when you continue to turn people over and you continue to give that offense multiple opportunities extra with the ball, they're going to make you pay. Yeah, and I know we we said that we're going to talk about this when it comes to middle of the season of our offensive rookie, defensive rookie picks. Yeah. My defensive rookie was Patrick Sartain. The defensive rookie of the year might be Trayvon Diggs. Um, yeah. I mean, I picked I picked Patrick Sartain as well. I picked him just as the uh, namesake, you know what I mean? You got to remember who his father was. Mm-hmm. So you know what's going to translate. I th- I do feel the kid's going to have a great career, but wow, Trayvon Diggs has been unbelievable. Diggs is just unsta- and, outstanding. And, and the other thing we're forgetting too is he does have a brother in the NFL. So the fact that he, you know, that's Stefan, right? Yeah, grew up playing against this kid. Um, he was going to be pretty good. Yeah, I know. Play playing on the other side of your brother. Yeah. Do we have? Do we get a Dallas Buffalo game this year? I don't know if we do, unless it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> Which, who knows? Anything who knows? can happen at this point with this yeah, year. At this point, yeah. But I don't think so. I don't think the AFC East is facing the NFC East this year. <clears throat> no. I mean, the last time that happened, we know how that turned out. Yeah. Um, up next, another head-scratcher for Dave. The New York Giants beat the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. Um, they win in overtime with a Saquon touchdown. Um, I don't even know what to say. This is like a message to Daniel you Jones. You picked against you Daniel me? Jones. Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones, 402 yards through the air, 28 for 40. 10 yards per attempt. Are you kidding me? Like, I joked around about him running at, for 300 yards this week. Like, what? He threw for 400 yards. Yeah. And they won it on the ground, too, <laughs> for, for that matter. I don't even know what to say. 
I'm hurt. I feel like Daniel Jones just has it out for me. I know. And if you're going to pick him this week. Nobody else if you're in gonna, the world. This guy. If you're going to pick him this week, he's going to go for 150 yards through the air, no touchdowns, three picks. Watch. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Up next, we had, mm. in my opinion, the stinker of the week, um, which was the Cleveland Browns taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Neither of these teams could get out of their own way in this game. Well, here's the thing. I've always said I don't trust in Kirk Cousins, and when he faces a stellar defense, he's not going to put up points. Um, This was Baker's game to try to like separate himself, I guess, from like other quarterbacks in the in the NFL. Um, but he also faced a tough defense because Minnesota has a tough defense. He went 15 for 33 with 155 through the air in this game. I just – the thing is you're allowed to have those mulligan games mm-hmm. like Baker had mm-hmm. when your defense is as good as it is. Yeah. Okay? When they beat the Bears, they didn't have the best game from Baker. No. You know what I mean? Yeah, he threw for a touchdown, but the Bears were holding them in check until the running game opened up. In this game, it was just Cleveland's defense just took over. That mm-hmm. was it. And and like I said, in Kirk, I do not trust. So, Yeah. Moving on to an NFC North matchup, we had the Detroit Lions traveling to Chi-Town to take on the Bears and Da Bears. I don't care what the rest of my week's schedule, how it finished. I went 1-0 in this game. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. Michaela? Thank you for picking the Bears as well. You are a true friend that I've never met before. (laughs) But what I do have to say is Chicago made changes to the coaching of that team. And that is in turn what allowed this team to improve from what we saw last week as Mm -hmm. one net total yard of offense passing to what we saw this week where um, Justin Fields had the highest yards per attempt versus any other quarterback in the NFL starting mm-hmm. this past week. Okay? Yeah. The defense, I think, held the Lions to one for six inside the red zone. That is incredible. Yeah, Especially for a team this year that had been 7-for-7 seven seven on goal to go and 10-for-10 10 10 inside the red zone up until this point. So if Detroit was getting in the red zone prior to this game. They were scoring touchdowns. They weren't even kicking field goals. They were just scoring touchdowns every time. In this game, they went 1-for-6. That means the defense turned them over, stopped them, and got turnovers on downs. Um, The big thing that's coming out of this game, the injury to David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. I mean... It looked significantly worse than what it was um, because initially the way he was riding on the ground, it looked like it was over, you know, MCL, ACL, LCL, something like that. Apparently, he just has a knee sprain. I say just, but versus what everyone thought it was going to be, the yeah. fact that it's a knee sprain, he'll be out three to five weeks, which means <clears throat> this team's going to rely heavily on Damian Williams and Justin Fields to spread the ball around. Now, 
Matt Nagy needs to continue to just be the head coach and allow his offensive coordinator to be the offensive coordinator. Because last year when Nagy gave up the reins, the offense clicked and they made a push and made the playoffs. Clearly, Nagy has a pulse on the locker room, but not on the offensive mindset that this offense needs to run at, period. So it was a huge schematic change. It was a, a coaching culture change, and you could see how it related in this game because Chicago was in command of this game mm-hmm. from from the jump. They took the opening kickoff, and they marched right down the field and scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I can't remember the last time I ever saw that from a Chicago team. <laughs> and yes, two different beasts. I'm not going to compare this Detroit Lions defense to the Cleveland Browns defense that the Bears faced the previous week because they're two different beasts, all mm-hmm. right? But it's still an NFL team, okay? The Lions showed up. The Lions played their defense, and the Lions put together a good game plan. But the thing was, Chicago finally utilized what Justin Fields likes to do. Justin Fields likes to play action pass. Justin Fields likes to take shots deep down the field. I mean, he had a 65-yard pass to Darnell Mooney. When was the last time Chicago threw a ball 65 yards in the air? Uh, not last week. Not last week when they had one total yard of offense through the air. So, um, again, it is, it is a reflection of the competition, but it is an NFL team. And at the end of the day, they changed the coaching, the coaching culture, which allowed them to have success. Now they just need to carry it over for another week. Up next, we have the Houston Texans <laughs> in Buffalo taking on the Buffalo Bills. Okay, before we even mention score here, Josh, what did we do Friday night? We were uh, so we went to dinner. Uh, we went to go to Buffalo Wild Wings, and they had the NFL Network on, <clears throat> and <laughs> we were just randomly talking about spreads. And stuff like that. And I can't remember the conversation. It was like, will Buffalo have, what is it, 13 and a half? No, it was, it was 18 and a half points they were favored. Oh, 17 and a half. I remember no, it was, it was eight, 17. It was 18, it was 18 and a half. 18 yeah. and a half points favored to win this game. And I was like, uh, I know it's Houston, but that's that's a lot of points. And yeah. Dave was like, nah, they're going to cover it. Yeah. They covered it double. Yeah. <laughs> 40 this, to nothing? This shows, and again, we're talking about defenses here. Buffalo's defense is their team. Not saying that the Bills don't have an offense, but they hold the Texans to z- a zilch. And isn't their second shutout in a w- two weeks? I think so. It's their second straight shutout. Now, Buffalo puts up 40 points, be it against Houston's defense, which isn't all there, but still. Well, it doesn't even matter that it's all there. They don't, dude, they're basically facing a college team. Like, you know back, I'm, I'm not sure how much you watch college football but think not of time. like when like a big time program decides week one they're gonna face just some scrub team from like the NIAA or something like that like that's mm-hmm. what 
that's basically what it's been like recently. You know what I mean? With anybody going up against Houston. Yeah. I mean, the Panthers blew them out last week. It's it's not looking good, and they don't have any um, any signs of it getting any better. No, Buffalo didn't shut anybody out last week. Last week, uh, they beat the Washington football team 43-21. to The Jets got shut out by the Broncos last week. That's who it was. I remember yeah, there was there a shutout shut last, last week. was last week, but it was, the, it was the Broncos shutting out the Jets is what it was. We will get to our picks a little bit later on in the show. But this week is going to be a real test for Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Up next, we have the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Miami Dolphins. Um, and Dave put the note here that the Colts ravaged on O-line, and Miami had no business losing this game. No, they didn't. They didn't. But um, just go back to Buffalo real quick. And since we're mm-hmm. talking about the Dolphins, this is this is who the Dolphins are, Okay. They lose to the Colts 27 to 17, and they've lost to the Bills 35 to nothing. So the Bills have pitched two shutouts this year, okay? Two shutouts in three weeks. But they faced a team in the Colts that were absolutely ravaged. Like their offensive line has been like a turnstile. Carson Wentz has been getting his head caved in. Like, I know he's not your quarterback, the joke you made last week. <laughs> yeah. But he's getting his head caved in. He's getting hit yeah. a lot. And the fact that like Miami didn't take any advantage of that is like shame on them. Yeah, I mean Miami's also struggling on offense though right now. I mean Jacoby Brissett is a good quarterback, but it's not Tua Tagovailoa. It's not the yeah. offense that they have planned themselves to have yes. with Tua. Yes. Which but. we've seen a lot of quarterback injuries so far this year. A oh, lot yeah. of them. Yeah, there has there's been a ton. But moving on, we have the Washington football team taking on the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Matt Ryan throws for four TDs, 283 yards, 25 for 42, three to Cordero Patterson. But Heineke looks just as good, 23 for 33, 293 TDs, and the win. I would take Heineke's numbers over Ryan's. Oh, yeah. 23 for 33. He threw for more yards. Yeah, one less touchdown, but he was more... He was um, more consistent. Yes, consistent is the word. 100%. Because he threw nine less times, but only completed twice less. Yeah. And threw for seven more yards. Be it's not a ton, but still. He, yeah, it's it's being manageable. It's He's over 30%. He's over... So over 66% completion. Yep. Where Ryan barely hits... The 50% mark. Yeah, barely hit 50. And I mean, yes, he throws for TDs, but they could be short drives where he's rushing up the field because not only is Cordero Patterson a great receiver, he's also good in the backfield. Yeah, and he can exploit, like we were talking about, he can exploit um, that weakness if he just gets the ball in his hands and he's going one-on-one with a cornerback. He's bigger than most cornerbacks, and he's faster than most cornerbacks. Yeah. But Washington picks but up the uh, the win, the and they are second in the a uh, in the NFC East. Yep. Up next, we have the Seattle Seahawks taking on the San Francisco 49ers in San Fran. And the big hit in this game is Jimmy Garoppolo is out. He has a calf injury. They don't know the extent of it yet, um, but he is out. He left 
um, after the second half or after the first half um, because he couldn't push off. He it was his it was his planting foot. He couldn't push off. He couldn't throw the ball. And the biggest shock is Trey Lance came in and looked lost. Mm-hmm. He was struggling in the pocket. He was scrambling around, couldn't control himself until the very end of the game, but it was already lost by then. Mm-hmm. He he couldn't get the grip until late in the game, which, be it, he'll be fine. He'll find his own. He'll find his way in the league, but he's still a rook. We noticed that all the rookies so far this year are struggling. It it's it's a whole different ball game that I don't think these kids were ready for. Be it we say that we'd get sacked seventeen times in the first quarter if we tried to play football yeah. in the NFL. But that's all still, these kids are trained to play football. And and Trey Lance looked good towards the end of the game. He started to find his rhythm, he started to slow the pace down of the game. Yeah, but at the end, you don't want to be slowing it down, especially when you're down points. And exactly. The, and the thing is, like, Trey Lance is coming in, and there are designed plays for him. He doesn't need to know the whole playbook. Mm-hmm. When you're the starting quarterback, you need to know, you the, need whole to know the whole playbook. Yeah. There so, needs to be, in Shanahan's offense, there needs to be a Garoppolo playbook, a Trey Lance playbook, and both of them playbook. Yeah, so if they the go back is, to this, what they were running in the preseason, where they were pr- running quarterback 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 switching him out yeah it's just like i said it seems like a good concept on paper but the old adage is if you have two quarterbacks you don't have a quarterback yeah okay i lived that life in chicago for a long time when it was kyle lawton and rex grossman they both were good quarterbacks but guess what we didn't have so what would you call sorry to cut you off what would you call the offense that they were running with breeze and hill See, that's different. Taysom Hill isn't a quarterback. I know he's classified as one. He's not a quarterback. Because guess more what? Of a... Taysom Hill, if Taysom Hill was a quarterback, you know what he would be doing right now? He'd be the starting quarterback. Correct. That's it. Okay? Taysom Hill is a nice gadget player. He yeah. can do everything. He'll take you know direct I mean? he snaps. Throw He'll the throw the ball. Yes. He's 100% that. Um, He'll play tight end. He'll play wide out. He'll play Leather, fullback. Leatherman multi-tools. Leatherman multi-tools. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what he is. He's a Swiss Army he's knife. A Sw- he's a Swiss Army knife. He can do everything. Yeah. And back to you were saying the two quarterbacks in Chicago. It, it, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, when you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. I, it's I get it. The, concept, the concept's there to, like, kind of mess with the other play, mess with the other team. But, like, you're messing with yourself at the same point. Yeah, exactly. And then if you get an injury... Now you're now you're basically dialed into just playing that one style of offense, and that's not mm-hmm. going to work. Up next, we have the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Los Angeles Rams. This game I had going the exact opposite way. I thought LA I, was going to light this game up, and Arizona wasn't going to be able to hold up. They were at home. They were at home in SoFi. Like my seriously. offensive player of the year is Kyler Murray, or my right offensive now, player of the of the week is Kyler Murray. Oh. Yeah, right now, man, he's playing out of his gourd. MVP candidate. Week. I said it last week. You know, he's representing for all our short guys. Yeah. Like, he's... He, the matchup that you and I talked about last week that we were looking forward to was who? What was it? I'm sorry? The matchup that we were looking forward to last week. Who was it in this game? Oh, Jalen Ramsey and D-Hop. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey had two pass breakups. DeAndre Hopkins had a great game. Why? Because yeah. Kyler Murray, 
was able to make the throws and was able to get the ball to him. Because Kyle Murray and, and, and you know, the ball to his it, it doesn't matter how many people are covering DeAndre Hopkins. He'll catch the ball regardless. You he remember the Buffalo last game year last Buffalo. year? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, when Nike got another one of those like awesome ads where their image is frozen on the screen for like 30 yes. seconds. Like the yes. Tiger Woods golf ball that fell into the hole. Yes. Yeah. Free ad time. <clears throat> Up next, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. And Talk Dave, about another put rubbish down on the team. Notes here is ben is not himself. No. No. He's <clears throat> not what he once was. Um, you know, two turnovers in this game, a lost fumble and an interception. He threw for 232, but on 40 attempts. 40 attempts. That's about five yards an attempt. Okay? Mm-hmm. That means he's throwing short of the sticks way too much. And he's expecting his wide receivers to make plays for him. There, and so he he can't do the long ball right now. Ever since he blew his elbow, he hasn't been able to throw the long ball and is expecting Chase Claypool, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, everybody he's throwing the ball to to get yards after catch. He's looking for the Yak Academy. Then that's in San Fran with Kittle. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But it's just one of those deals. You're just looking at it and you're like, man, I, I remember what this quarterback was like. You know what I mean? I remember him yeah. at the height. And it's like he is he's one of those guys. Roethlisberger was supposed to go no, Roethlisberger was supposed to go number one overall in his class. Did he did he hang on a year too long? Because everybody else think- is gone. Rivers is gone. Manning's Rivers gone. is done. Manning's gone. Yeah, I mean, if he didn't stay one year long, this is it. This is the. This is the. This has got to be. This is the swan song. This, this is, is the. It's not much of a swan song, dude. Oh my god, they're gonna be. The, no, the swan like song Vi- is coming in Green Bay. They're gonna. They're gonna this gonna is a Viking funeral. Like a Viking funeral. Put him on a pyre and send him to water and then set the pyre on fire. But yeah, the swan song. You're right. Definitely Aaron Rodgers. I mean, yeah. the team the team's helping them out. They're rushing the ball. They're doing a good job of running the ball. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is being extremely consistent. Since his, since his big mulligan in week one, I yeah. mean, they rattled off three consecutive victories, okay? And Rodgers looks like Rodgers of old, like the MVP I thought he would be this year. Mm-hmm. So, um... I, do you, think, do you gonna, think they just threw the first game so they could finish the year having... Lost no. only one game. No, it's the first no, game no, of the year. No. I just think Rodgers just wasn't in sync in the first game. He looked lost. He just he didn't look like the Rodgers. He didn't look like knew. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he was he was behind on throws. He was, mm-hmm. you know, it was just it just wasn't Aaron Rodgers. But now that he's got his time with his receivers, time with the offensive line, mm-hmm. he's Rodgers of old. Mm-hmm. Up next, we have the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Denver Broncos, and the downfall for the Broncos in this game was Teddy Bridgewater was removed oh, early man. with a concussion. Yep. Um, he is currently he is con- currently still in concussion protocol. They do not know if he will play next week. Concussions Probably are the not. weirdest thing in the league where they could have you out for the rest of the year or out for a few days. That's it. It could so, be in either direction. I was, having, I, I was watching something. This is a little bit of a tangent, but... Um, as you know, I've been watching the um, the Chicago Bulls documentary on mm-hmm. um, Netflix. Um, the Last Dance. I, yeah, and I just got to the episode where they talk about the flu game or the food poisoning game yeah. that Michael Jordan had, okay? 
nowadays, I kind of related it to what's going on in the global idea of COVID, right? Where if somebody shows up to the facility and isn't feeling 100%, they would never be given the chance to have a game like what Michael Jordan had that night. Mm -hmm. And the same thing goes for concussion protocols. Because back in the day, you get your bell rung and what would you do? You go to the sideline, you get smelling salts, get yourself put back together and get right the hell back on the field. How many times Mm -hmm. did Steve Young have concussions in his career? How many times did Troy Aikman have concussions in his career? And everybody wants to talk about the long-term effects of concussions. Troy Aikman might be the best commentator in the NFL, not named Tony Romo. Easily. And guess what? Tony Romo (laughs) had a ton of concussions too. Yeah. I mean, it's something that's going to happen in football. You're getting the shit beat out of you. Yes, and I'm not saying that these guys shouldn't go through the protective stuff of you know the protocols or whatever but like when you have a doctor telling you that you can't go on and continue the game i mean again going back to the michael jordan thing when he broke his foot in his second season in the nba doctors were telling him that he couldn't play for the rest of the season and he was told he'd be about 90 percent. but if he re-injured himself that 10 percent, his career would be over and he risked it like there are some times where a player has to make the call, understands his body better than any doctor will, telling him something. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and it and it took the Broncos out of this game. First of all, I mean, you had, um, oh my God, uh, Lamar Jackson throw for over 300 yards for only like the third time in his career. So, that that's one. That's because he two, only rushes for you, 300 yards. You took the guy in Teddy Bridgewater who's been blowing the tops off of defenses all year, he was out of the game. Drew Locke is not the same. <laughs> There's a reason no. why after they drafted Drew Locke, they realized, oh, shit, this isn't going to work, and they went out and got someone like Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Up next, Sunday night football, we had the return, the homecoming of Tom Brady to Foxborough. This game ugly. was nothing like what I expected it to be. It was ugly. But if there's anybody who gets a shout-out right now, it's Angela. She picked the game wrong. But her thought process of Bill Belichick knowing Tom Brady mm-hmm. was spot on. Brady did 100%. not throw for a touchdown in this game. 100%. Brady was high on throws. He was inaccurate a lot. He mm-hmm. was flustered. Belichick had his way with Brady. The thing is, Tampa Bay is a far superior talented team versus the New England Patriots. Okay? And that was the difference. So many kudos to Angela for her for her astute now, thinking of mm-hmm. Belichick being the GOAT and Brady being GOAT B. Yeah. Now, how did the game end, Dave? The doink heard round the world. No, the doink heard round the world was the double doink. <laughs> I know. But this was the doink in. Because if that doink did not go in, this would be a completely different conversation where New England beat Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Whole different conversation. And Tampa would have had two losses back to back. I know, I know. After I now, them to go undefeated. I do have to give Tom Brady his credit. He is now the all-time passing leader 
um, passing Drew Brees, who set the record, I believe it was last season, correct? Yeah, Drew Brees set it last year. So Tom Brady who, is now the all-time passing Peyton leader. Manning's record from like two years ago, mm-hmm. who broke Dan Marino's record that sat for like 27 years. So Yeah, I think Brady's might sit for a long time. If it's ever broken. Not, no, no way. Matt Stafford's going to break it. Really? How yeah, close Matt is Stafford's he? Gonna, Matt Stafford's going to break that record. How close is he? All, all, the numbers, all the numbers he put up in Detroit. And now, and now he's going to have his like twilight years playing with that Rams offense. He's going to break yeah. all those passing records. Yeah, fair enough. As far as yards are concerned, I don't know if he's going to break touchdowns and stuff like that. But he's definitely going to be chasing the odds. Up next, we had the Monday Night Football game where we had the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Los Angeles Chargers in L.A. at SoFi. It was SoFi, right? Yeah, SoFi. Yeah, SoFi is in um, L.A. Allegiant yep. is in Las Vegas. And apparently apparently Gruden is pissed over the conditions of that stadium. Really? Oh, yeah. He said something. He, I was quickly skimming it this morning, but he was not happy with like how there's a weather, de- a weather delay for a stadium that has a roof. Yeah, that is odd. Yeah. Um, Herbert looks like a star in the making. Oh, my God. 25 for 38, 222 yards, three passing touchdowns in this game. He, again, Four touchdowns total. He is so, like, consistent. He, he, he hits every note he needs to hit. Yeah. Carr took um, a beating in this game, though. Carr got sacked four times. I think Bosa had two of them. <laughs> At least two of them in this game. Um, I don't think this is the end for Vegas either. It's only oh, week four. No. Vegas no, is week four. Vegas is still such a strong team, and, 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 and they probably have the best home field advantage of any team. Yeah, we've been saying this all year. Yeah. So, I just think um, I just think they're in just a super tough division. Kansas yes. City, San Diego. Oh, yeah. The uh, the Raiders and the Chiefs. Oh yeah. no, Kansas City is the Chiefs. Um, Kansas City, Denver. Denver. Las Vegas, Los yeah. Angeles. And Denver's just tough because, again, their home field advantage, Mile High Stadium. So. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, going so over the, the records of the week. Um, <sighs> I went 10 and 6, so I am currently 38 and 26. No, I went. You went 10 and 6? I went, 38. I went 10 and 6, so I'm now 38 yep. and 26, and Dave went. Um, I seven believe and nine. seven and nine. So you are thirty-four and thirty. Yep. Um, our guest records, Michaela and Mike, in their first weeks, both went eleven and five, which is very fitting because Angela in her first week went eleven and five. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. She went seven and nine. Okay. Seven and nine. That's right. Yeah. And then, well, this week and she then, went six and ten. Yeah. This past week she went so, six and ten. She's 13 and 19 after two. Yeah. But we are going to give our week five predictions now. Starting with Thursday night football, we have the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Seattle Seahawks. And I have the Los Angeles Rams coming back and winning this football game. And so does Michaela. So so does Michaela. Um, Angela has taken the Rams this week. And I've decided I'm going with the Seahawks this week. Okay. I, I, I like the Seahawks in their stadium, and I have a game I need to make up. So hopefully this is the one I can make up. There you go. Up next, <laughs> we have the New York Jets playing 
and Georgia against the Atlanta Falcons. If I could choose neither of these teams, I would. Can we say tie? We could, but we have a lot a high chance of losing then. Um, I have Atlanta. Um, for the sole fact that that they're in Atlanta, that they're in Atlanta. Yeah, and I think so that's why we all we all took Atlanta because they're in Atlanta. Yeah, I think that's the sole reason. Outside of that, there's, there's no other reason. Up next, we have the New England Patriots taking on the Houston Texans, where both Michaela and I have the Patriots winning this football game. Um, I've taken the Pats in this game, and Angela took the Texans. Hmm. All right. Touche. I, I mean, Houston is playing at home. Um, they're playing at home, but they just got shut out. <laughs> I, I don't know if they're going to put up any points because Belichick's defense is just as good as the Bills' defense. But maybe there's something here. I don't know. Who knows? Up next, we have the Detroit Lions taking on the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. And I'm sorry, Angela, but I have to go with the Vikings in this game as well as Michaela does. Yeah, well, Angela and I are both riding that Lions train. You're riding the Lions train? That's right. Taking the Lions. You know what? In in this week, Kirk I trust. In Kirk, I will never trust and I really think the Lions get off the schneid against a team that is basically at their level in that division. So, go Lions. <laughs> I, I never thought I'd hear you say those words. You'll up never next, hear we me have, say go Vikings. I'll tell you that right now. Up next, we have the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. And I think after the performance last week by Philadelphia, I think we can pick the victory up. Be it we're on the road, but I have Philly, Fly Eagles fly in this game. Michaela has picked the Panthers. Yeah, well, you're on an island all on your own, I figured I was. Because. But you know what? If the Panthers. I was last week, too, against Miami. But you you see how that turned out? Yeah, well, you can stay on that island because if. uh, uh, I think the. uh, I think the Panthers' defense is uh, looking to have a real big rebound game. So, um, I hope not. I I took the Panthers as well as Angela. I hope y'all are wrong. Up next, we have the New Orleans Saints taking on the Washington football team, where both Michaela and I have Taylor Heineke and the football team winning this football game. Okay. And for whatever reason, Angela and I are both on the opposite side of that with the Saints. Hmm. Alrighty, this is going to be a really interesting week when it yeah. comes down to next week. I, I'm looking at these picks and it's like, wow. It's very lo- It's very uh, even. Yeah. Up next, we have the Tennessee Titans taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then and we I, come to this game. I have a feeling <laughs> we all have Tennessee in this game. We all have Tennessee, 100%. Gotta love Jacksonville, but goddamn. Yeah. Up next, we have Miami taking on Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. And Brady um, I think tends we all have- to have... The number of the Dolphins, so I have Tampa, yeah. and so does Michaela. I, I think we all have Tampa. Yeah, because okay. we have Tampa over here as well. Up next, we have Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers taking on the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati, and both Michaela and I have Green Bay in this game. Um, I've taken Green Bay as well. Um, Angela took the Bengals. All right. Yeah, I mean, it could go either way. Um, it really could because they're playing in Cincinnati, and Joe Burrows has been looking Joe better Joe Burrow each looks week. great. Yeah. Ever you know who— there are, two, his, um, there are two quarterbacks right now. Go ahead. There are two quarterbacks right now in this in this league 
that could have comeback player of the year. And Joe Burrow is one of them. Yeah, but it's it's going to go to Dak. It's going to Dak. Yeah. But anyway, um, Joe Burrow's been bouncing back nicely since that disaster game he had against the Bears. So. Yeah, exactly. Up next, we have the Denver Broncos taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers, where I have the Steelers winning this game on the sole fact that Teddy Bridgewater may not play, but Michaela has the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Um, enjoy your island. Enjoy your little Pennsylvania island that you're on right now. Yeah. With the Eagles and the and the Steelers. I'm you seceding from island. the rest of the country here. Yeah, exactly. You're seceding from the Union. Um, I, I took the Broncos even without Teddy Bridgewater, um, and as did Angela. All righty. Well, let's go Pennsylvania. Hey, my dad grew up in Pennsylvania, so I have that okay. one there for me. Okay. Um, up next, we have the Chicago Bears traveling to Vegas to take on the Raiders. And as I said earlier, the Raiders have the strongest home field advantage. And I think you're going to have a couple of drunken Bears on Sunday because Vegas is winning this game. And so does Michaela have that. Yeah, well, I'm staying on my island. Angela turned her back on me and she went with the Raiders. I'm staying on the island. I'm riding the Bears in this game. If 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 Derek Carr can be sacked, what was it, four times by the Chargers and Joey Bosa, you don't think that Khalil Mack is going to get to him to, in this game? Who knows? But, I mean, I think that home field advantage... I'm I'm riding that home field advantage. Like you were riding okay. Daniel Jones, I'm riding that home field advantage for yeah, Vegas. I'm, yeah, I'm not riding Daniel Jones anymore. Dick. Well, up next we have the Cleveland Browns taking on the Los Angeles Chargers, and I have one pick in here that I made earlier today, or I made it yesterday, and I'm changing it. I have the Chargers winning this game now. I had Cleveland oh. winning it, but I think the Chargers will take it at home, and so does Michaela. As do I, and Angela's taking the Browns in that stellar defense. It it is definitely a stellar defense, but I I'm I'm putting my uh my cards in the uh, in the pot, my coins in the pot of uh Justin Herbert in this game. Okay, okay. Up next, we have the New York Giants taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Where both Michaela and I have the Dallas Cowboys in this game. Um, we all have the Cowboys. Everyone's mad at Daniel Jones for making me look bad last week. <laughs> No, I just think Dallas is going to be probably one of the best teams in the NFC this year, and I hate to say it. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're changing the NFC least to just Dallas Cowboys and everybody else. Yeah, Dallas Cowboys and those schmucks. Yep. Um, up next, we have the San Francisco 49ers traveling to Arizona to take on the Cardinals, and I have the Cardinals so, winning this game, going 5-0. and Yeah, Cardinals are going to destroy San Francisco this week. Destroy them. Up next, we have probably my toughest pick of the week. The Buffalo bu- Bills traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. I have KC. Michaela has Buffalo. Man, you're on an island again. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Angela took the Bills, as did I. I guess I'm just on an island all by my own this week, I guess. I know, man. I mean, it's could be the... This could either be a huge week where you just gain more ground, like you I know. separate from me even more, or... Or I or just I fall coming. into nothingness. Yeah, pretty much. Up next, we have the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Baltimore Ravens in Monday Night Football, where I have, as well as Michaela, 
the Baltimore Ravens. And Angela has also taken the Ravens, as have I. Alrighty. Well, that does it for our Week 5 predictions. Dave, you want to take us home? Yes, I'd like to thank everybody once again for tuning in to Doinked. Um, it has always been a pleasure to uh, discuss all this stuff with you guys. We have appreciated all the uh, listens, views, feedback, commentary that everybody's had with us. Um, if you do have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can feel to reach out to uh, myself at my personal, which is Laufen Doink 508 or you can reach out to Josh at TheJald, T-H-E-J-A-U-L-D. And then there's also the uh, Instagram page for us at Double Doink Network. Um, we are very active on there, so if you do reach out with any kind of questions, comments, or concerns, we will be quick to respond. As you all know, we are always looking forward to having more people join us on this show. And if there's anybody else who'd like to always share their predictions, share their insight, we will always share it here on the show with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And I also uh, personally have a couple of people in the pipeline right now to see if we can have them join us for the show in person, uh, sit down, record with us, and actually kind of give their input as well, one of which is one of our current listeners. Um, Michaela, she has offered up her services uh, to join us potentially next week. Kind of got to figure out a little bit of detail for that. But um, I think that is it. This has been a Double Doink Network production. I am Dave. I have been Josh. And we have two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out.